Welcome to Speaking Candidly with Candace, Voices for Mental Health. I'm your host, Candace Schoner, and in this podcast, we will be talking about narcissistic abuse with my guest, Emma Davey. Emma is an award-winning trauma counselor in the UK and is a survivor of narcissistic abuse. She is also the founder of a new online app that offers support and guidance for victims of domestic violence. Welcome, Emma, to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Well, we're delighted to have you all the way from London. I think you are, actually, I know you are my first international guest. So thank you again. Oh, brilliant. For those not familiar with the term narcissist, can you explain the personality traits and what a narcissist is? Um, So a narcissist is somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder, and this is a mental health condition. Um, These people have a very high uh, sense of importance. They um, need lots of supply from other people. They don't have any empathy, no compassion at all. They need to be in control. Um, They have many different faces, so they can be very nice to one person, but then very horrible to the other. Um, Being around narcissistic people will have a a really negative effect on your mental and physical health. Absolutely. Um, You had said that you were actually in a narcissistic abuse relationship. Can you share with the listeners a little bit more about that? Yes. So it all started in 2015 for me where I thought I'd met Prince Charmin because that's what he portrayed to be. He started to mirror everything because as what I wanted for the future. Um, But very quickly, he started to question me as a person. So everything that he said he loved about me at the beginning, all of a sudden that he hated. So he didn't like certain friends. He would question why I would have met on Facebook. I ended up having to close my Facebook down. Um, I stopped speaking to certain people because he didn't like them. And then it started with my family. He would question why I would speak to my mum or speak to my dad. He would use my age. So he'd say, you know, you're 27. Why do you need to speak to your mum so much? So then I started to thinking, oh, maybe I am being very childlike. He would make me question my own sense of reality. I, he gaslit me so much. Sorry to interrupt. Um, But I want you to explain what gaslit is because not a lot of people know what gaslighting is. So gaslighting is when they start to make you doubt your own sense of reality. So they will say to, they will say things like, you're crazy, I never said that. Um, They will leave you for long or short periods of time. Um, They will make out as if everything is your fault. They will really play with your mind. So you really start to think, am I going crazy? Do I need to go to the doctor? And when I have clients to see me, they, the first thing they say is, I think I am crazy. And just by the first couple of minutes, they have just been so heavily gaslighted that they have been manipulating and believing that reality is not real. How did you meet this person and how long did you date before you got into more of a permanent relationship? Um, well, as narcissists work, it went from naught to 100 very quickly. We met in the gym. I was quite new to the area, so I didn't really know many people. So I was quite vulnerable as well. Um, there was 23 years difference between us as, as well. So I was 26 at the time and he was 49. Now, I never looked at him like 
that that he just made himself very known and he was very admired by other people in the gym um because of his personality type you know people warmed to him because people i do find that people are attracted to narcissistic psychopathic behavior because of how they portray themselves at the beginning they're very likable they're very charming they'll do lots for charity um they seem very very likable on the outside but it's all to draw you in and also to gain that supply for themselves when did you start to realize that this was not a healthy relationship uh, he was an alcoholic as well, and I always thought it, when he used to drink, the the narcissism escalated, like the physical abuse then started. So I, in my mind, I used to think that alcohol was the problem. Plus, he would always blame work, blame life. You know, he was always life's victim, which they do always play the pity party um, to make you feel sorry for them and also to give them a reason why they're being so nasty to you and they, they then you should feel sorry for them. Um, and that's how you then start to apologize and say, well, don't worry, I'll look after you, especially if you're an empath because you just want to fix and you want to help and they're very good at playing the victim. Uh, um, leads me to the question of some of the traits of a narcissistic personality, some of the signs. Can you share those with our listeners? Yes. So if you start to feel that all you're hearing is lots of things that you're going to be doing in the future. So we call this future faking. So they are making you believe that you're going to live this incredible life. They will promise things, but never deliver. So if someone's actions don't match up to their words, that's a red flag. They are compulsive liars as well. So if you find that somebody is continually lying, that's another red flag because they do actually live in their own sense of reality. Sometimes they do believe their own lies. Gaslighting. If you notice that you're questioning your own sense of reality, if you're being told that it's your fault all the time, if you start to change your identity, if you start to feel that you're isolating yourself from other people um, to please the narcissist, if you start to feel fear around this person, so if you fear that they're coming home and you feel like, is everything right? Is everything okay? Is dinner on? Are the children in bed? That fear shouldn't come up with a, in a, within a healthy relationship. If you're constantly putting their needs first as opposed to yours, again, that's, that's not normal behavior. Um, and if you start to feel really ill about, uh, around being around these people, so physical and mental health, these, are ha these people are having a really negative effect on your well-being. Do you think that there are certain types of people who may be more susceptible to a narcissistic abuser? Yes, I think empaths are a narcissist dream. Narcissist, I find narcissists are attracted to empaths and empaths are attracted to narcissists because empaths want to fix. They want to they get pleasure out of helping people and a narcissist will use that could be people say it's a vulnerability but it, you know just a really incredible personality because i think if you're an empath you're an amazing person because you want to do good things for people agreed but a narcissist will take that as as a vulnerability and play on that um people with anxious attachment styles as well 
um, I would say that are quite susceptible to narcissistic abuse. And also uh, when I do trauma therapy with people, when we start doing the trauma timeline and go back, a lot of victims of narcissistic abusive relationships have actually come from narcissistic families or having a narcissistic parent. So these people find that this personality is very normal. They don't see that there's anything wrong with it at the time because they've been brought up around somebody giving love as, as abuse and, and them seeing abuse as love because they don't know any different. So is narcissistic personality a genetic component or environmental cause? Because you said these people grow up in a narcissistic home. Um, so the victims, so the thing is, it very much depends on that person. I'm not saying that every person that has a narcissistic parent is either is going to become a narcissist or whether they are going to be susceptible to a narcissistic relationship. It very much depends on that person because what I've seen is that you could have two children, two parents, one being a victim of narcissistic abuse and one being the narcissist, and the two children are seeing this behavior. So one child will grow up and be a complete empath and may have narcissistic relationships themselves and not have, a, have very good boundaries because of the environment that they've been brought up around. And then another child might look at that relationship and think, well, if I act like I'm just saying, dad, he's the one that's in control. No one's being nasty to him, but mum, she's always crying. You know, she's, she's experiencing a lot of abuse. If I act like dad, then no one's going to hurt me. So that again is it's learned behavior sometimes. So thank you for clarifying that, but just to make sure that I understand it and the listeners understand it. Are you saying mm -hmm. that a person who is a narcissist, it's not necessarily a genetic reason that they're a narcissist is more of an environmental Yes, so it, sometimes it can be down to abuse, it can be down to neglect, or it could be some, it, a child could receive too much love, as in it being, um, uh, like if a child is, is constantly being told that you need to win certain things, you need to be the best at everything because then I'll praise you, but then if you don't, then I'm going to withdraw my love from you and I'm going to blame you. I see. So it starts, from what I've understood and read uh, doing my research, uh, narcissistic behavior begins at an early age. Is that correct? At a childhood? That's correct, yes. Do we know at what age, how early it starts? Uh, to be honest, it's, it's, it, there's a range. I can't say, oh, it happens at five, because it might be five it might be you'll start to see the signs especially in um teenage years where you because i see i'm starting to see it a lot now um within children they're starting to push the boundaries they're being they're very entitled um and they start to use narcissistic language as well so if a narcissist has no empathy and does not mm -hmm. think that they're doing anything wrong Am I correct to assume that it's not likely that they will either seek help for the disorder or be able to be helped? No, because in that childhood development stage, their brain is rewired completely differently to a normal person's. So the empathy part doesn't actually exist in 
a narcissist brain. If you look at a brain scan of a narcissist or an, and a normal person, then you will see gray areas and that is where the empathy should be, but isn't present. So no matter how much therapy, et cetera, you will see no difference from somebody that has narcissistic personality disorder. Thank you for that answer. Um, I want to get on to your app that you created to help support those that are victims of narcissistic abuse or domestic violence. So let's talk about the app now. Tell me what it's called, how it works, and where it's available. It's called MyNara, which stands for My Narcissistic Abuse Recovery App. It's in the app stores, or you can visit www.mynara.app. Um, the functionality is based all around what I experienced and what I needed. So collating evidence. So just a, a background of my story, I managed to get my abuser prosecuted for coercive control. Wow. So coercive control is, is a chargeable offence in the UK, which is narcissistic abuse, basically, but you can't use that terminology in court over here. Um, you need to collate your evidence. And my abuser used to go down my phone all of the time. If I sent something to a friend, he would question why, and then he'd have a big narcissistic rage. So I stopped doing all of that. Eventually, I had to call the police, the CPS, the Crown Prosecution Service, would not take it to court because there wasn't enough evidence. So I then had to start collating more and find other ways of emailing it to my mom or a friend, but then making sure that email was deleted. I really had to think ahead um, to finally get that successful prosecution. But so within the app, you can store all of your evidence and it's completely hidden. So it's cloaked. It looks like a different app on your phone. And there is many, there's two different measures of security. So there's your password, but there's also a pin which can be used in any type of pin. So it could be like two plus two equals, and that would take you into the app. So we have two security parts there to ensure that your abuser does not get in. Um, so you can store all of your evidence day by day, hour by hour. I was just gonna say, so this shows the pattern of abuse and how much you're enduring and the number actually goes up on your home screen of how many think how many incidents that you've logged so it could be in a week that you've logged 10 incidents which before if you hadn't have started to um, document it you wouldn't realize actually how much abuse that you're experiencing this is one of those days that's my dog <laughs> uh, Bailey, hush very interesting um, i want to move on a little bit just because I want to ask your advice besides using the app and someone who is in this type of relationship, what is your advice for getting out? Because again, this podcast is about mental health and what we can do to help others um, get, get healthier. If you are listening to this or if you felt for a long time that you might be in a narcissistic relationship and you're starting to see the effects of that. So for me, I started to self-harm. I started, I, I attempted suicide twice because this is the severity of this abuse. It's horrendous. I would start to say to reach out to a support group or just if you have a support network as in friends or family, 
start to just letting people know what you've been through because one of the hardest things for a, a victim is to actually speak out because I was terrified no one was going to believe me. Mm. I'd spent so much time trying to prove to everyone that I was in this amazing relationship, um, probably trying to convince myself. But speaking out and actually having support around you is really important. As well, leaving a narcissist is the most dangerous time. So you have to be very careful. And no matter what anybody says to you, when someone says, you need to leave, you need to leave, you need to leave, you need to leave when you, it's safest enough for you to leave. Because these people are dangerous. So you need to speak out to people. You need to, you know, even if you pack a bag as like an escape bag, which will, may have some documents, some money, write down numbers on a piece of paper, just in case you don't have your phone, um you just need to think about these things of what do i need just in case even if you have a child with you put a put a toy in there a change of clothes something but at least speak to people so charities even speaking to the police like say where do i stand and actually what i've learned is speaking to a lawyer first to know where you stand legally because in the uk you don't have to leave your your home there are laws in place that actually the abuser has to leave the home and you still, especially if you have children. Um, so planning a leaving a narcissistic domestic abusive relationship, I would say planning is really vital. Great advice. But how do you, you mentioned that you don't have to leave your home, but how do you get a narcissist out of the home? Um, so in England, um, they will be issued with certain, so there's, there's a law here called, um, an order called the non-molestation order. So they're legally not allowed to contact you. Otherwise they'll get arrested. And if they continue to break it, they'll end up in prison. Um, a, there's an order for them to be removed from the home, um, an occupational order. So legally they have to leave the home. So in the U.S., I guess that would be akin to a restraining order. Quite possibly. Yeah. Are there any resources that you would recommend to our listeners for them to read? Oh, and I want to also talk about, before we get to that, you had mentioned getting into support group. You started a Facebook page for narcissistic abuse survivors, and I understand you have well over a thousand followers. Were you surprised by that response? And would you say you have more women or more men followers? So that group that I started, I think five years ago, is now 34,000. Wow. Um, and I opened that just to, because I was going through my own journey and I wanted to speak to people that wasn't looking at me crazy, thinking, you know, there's something wrong with you. Um, I was so surprised because I was just hoping for one person to reach out to me and say, you're not crazy. I'm actually going through the same thing. Um, and here we are at 34,000 on one platform, 20,000 on another platform. Um, this is a big problem. And I think now people are starting to understand what narcissism is and what the traits look like. Yes, I would say that there's more women victims, but that doesn't mean that men are not affected as well. So in my private practice, I would say 40% of my client base are men. 
Excellent. Well, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished and providing this wonderful support. I do want to ask you some resources. Again, we're all about providing resources and help. Other than the support pages, are there any books, magazines, blogs, websites that you would recommend? Um, so within the app, there is the NARPHARMA program, which helps you through each and every stage. Um, there's different types of functionality in there to help you with the red flags um, and to put lots of notes in. I look for um, domestic abuse charities as well. So in the UK, there's a lots around, um, depending on what area you're, you're from. Um, I'm not sure if you have the Salvation Army um, out there, yeah. but um, yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time in the Salvation Army and they do a lot for domestic abuse, um, helping people get rehomed, helping people, you know, filling out forms, etc., and creating a safe place as well. Um, Dr. Ramani was my saving grace when I was you know going crazy at three o'clock in the morning and I would watch her videos on YouTube um, TikTok is another good one if you're just looking for I would say just some understanding to be told I'm not crazy and, and identify yeah that's right that's right I would say with TikTok there's a lot of misconceptions of narcissistic abuse but I would say you know really credible um websites and definitely charities because they're there to help you get out of this situation. Okay. And in the last minute, I want to ask you, how do people get over? Cause you mentioned there's just a lot of shaming or mental abuse and making you feel like you're crazy. How does one move past that and not doubt themselves in the future with a future relationship? Recovery is, is, a, is a tough journey, but, and it's all about healing and developing your identity. So one of the biggest things is creating boundaries and knowing what you will and what you won't accept in the future. You can go on to having very healthy relationships, but I would say if you can work with a therapist that is very knowledgeable about narcissistic abuse, because it does, sometimes it doesn't start off with the narcissistic relationship that you've might just been in it might be other stuff other trauma that has happened into your life and it's so often that when i go through a trauma timeline that there has been other narcissistic relationships and there's there could be codependency issues there could be many different reasons why you are attracted to narcissistic personality disorders trauma bonds etc these things need to be addressed and i would say trauma therapy is one of the big best things that you could do it's an investment in yourself and it's an investment to your future so it's creating your own identity away from the narcissist because they will mold you into who they want you to be that's not who you are so just focusing on yourself i know that there might be shame there might be guilt but you will come through that so many people, including myself, have been involved in narcissistic relationships. And actually, it's because you're a good person and you're a very nice person because a narcissist will not be around people that they do not benefit from. So it's probably because you're an incredible person, which is why the narcissist has been, has been attracted to you in the first place. Excellent. And that's where we're going to end this podcast. 
Emma Davey, I want to thank you again for being our guest today on Speaking Candidly with Candace. Okay. To all our listeners, please remember you are not alone.